Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. You know in sports, and especially sports talk radio, fellas, we always live in the world where the latest is the greatest. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, but maybe we back it up for one second. Undoubtedly, the greatest day in Milwaukee Bucks history, April 30th, 1971, the day they won their first and only NBA championship. But lo and behold, fellas, the second greatest day, Fast forward about 50 years, you know, to yesterday when Giannis signed the biggest deal by value in the history of the National Basketball Association. They beat the Monday deadline to get the deal. Now the question, fellas, is can they beat a newly resurgent East and finally get Giannis over the top? Great to have you here this morning. We'll have the NFL tomorrow. we got a couple NFL games on Saturday, college football playoff on Sunday. So much football to get into, and we will throughout the course of the next four hours. Indeed. Good to see Keyshawn. Good to see Jay and hear you both as well. Jay, let's start with you. Your thoughts on this watershed deal for the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA's back-to-back reigning MVP. It's a huge deal, Zubin, for both Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. They secure one of the biggest assets in the NBA, back-to-back MVP player. It makes him the highest-paid player in North America team sports. He's going to average, Keyshawn, wait for this, an average of $45 million per year. Five years, $228 million. It increases the franchise value drastically. I think for Mark Lazary and Wes Edens, the owners of the team, they are ecstatic. John Horse, who was an executive of the year a couple of years ago, I think it puts him in the upper echelon because now you can recruit. You know that Giannis is going to be around for the next couple of years. Uh, But I will say this, just because players sign five-year deals, right, it secures the bag for the player. I don't know if it necessarily secures the fact that the player will be there for all five years for the team, Zubin. And I think that's important to say. We've seen players force their way out of situations, i.e. Anthony Davis in New Orleans, James Harden right now with the remaining two years left on his contract with the Houston Rockets trying to get out. So I think the real question is, what is the window of opportunity for the Bucks to get to the NBA Finals? Getting to the NBA Finals, I think, is pivotal for this franchise, considering that Giannis has only been to the Conference Finals once, and that's when they lost to the Raptors two years ago. Well, look, here's what I would say. You, you said, wait for this, listen to those numbers, Jay. I didn't need to listen to those numbers, right? Because it's clean (laughs) and simple when you talk about $228 million over a five-year period. You know, one of the things that you said that kind of caught my attention there was they'll be able to recruit. And, and, you know, the NBA is, is interesting because certain guys you'll be able to recruit to areas like a Milwaukee small market teams. I think a lot of the things that they're going to have to do, even with a Giannis, is via the trades, uh, draft guys, make sure you develop those type of players into the type of players that you can get that want to be around Giannis long-term and make a push to get to the Eastern Conference Final, to get to the NBA Championship, because otherwise to go out there and think you're going to get one of these top 10 players to move from a big city to a small market to play with Giannis, they got a short window to be able to do that. And much like you said, he signs a five-year deal. Yeah, it's not really a five-year deal. It's a I'm going to secure the bag and I'm going to wait and see what we do over the next couple of years before I really uh, lose, you know, lose my confidence in the organization and the city, so to speak. And now I got to look to move 
to go to another place so that I can wind up trying to win a championship. You know, you don't pass on $228 million when you're 27 years old. Exactly. You just don't do that in this world, this climate. Well, anything could happen. You could walk outside and it could be a rock. You could slip and fall. Now it's a whole other conversation that you would be having with the team. So smart move by him. Smart move by the Milwaukee Bucks to figure out how to get it done. Now let's see if you can go out there and create something with magical why you have Giannis under contract. And fellas, now, I will say this, Kevin, to their, to their credit, Zubin, that they did bring on Drew Holiday. They let go of Eric Bledsoe and George Hill in a deal to get Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks. They were able to sign a couple of complimentary pieces, even though I think they let go of a lot of their depth on their bench. So the, the question is with, you know, look, if we're saying that Giannis is like a skinny Shaq, right? He shot 58% from the free throw line in the postseason. So scouting report is out on, on Giannis on how to beat him in the playoffs. You form a wall. We saw Miami do that last year in the second round of the playoffs, right? That's what Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler, they were talking trash about how they understand how to beat him. So if he's a skinny version of Shaq, who is his Kobe Bryant? Who is his Dwayne Wade? Is that Chris Middleton key? Is he going to be the guy that rises or elevates his game to be that closer down the stretch? Is that going to be Drew Holiday? I think we're going to need to see who becomes the clutch closer in game situations other than Giannis, considering that he struggles at the free throw line and he doesn't really shoot the mid-range and teams know how to guard him, especially in the Eastern Conference where you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie playing on the same team. And I think they are still the favorite right now, even though Milwaukee will be probably one or two. They'll be kind of going back and forth between that ranking in the Eastern Conference. Chris Middleton did show up to a degree in the playoffs. I, I, I got to, you know, you got when Giannis was missing in action, he did kind of step up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if 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 you could compare him to some of those names, the Dwayne Wade's, the Kobe Bryant's, the Penny Hardaway's when Shaq was young and down in Orlando. I don't know that you could compare him to that. I think having Drew Holiday there certainly helps the situation. It lifts some of the pressure off of Chris Middleton. But I even with that being said, when you go up and down the coast, you go all the way from Boston, you come down to Philadelphia, and in between you have the Brooklyn Nets, that's a lot. And, then, and we haven't even gotten all the way to Miami. And the way that they feel, I know a lot of people feel like, okay, Miami kind of backdoored into a championship run, but they still got there. And, and believe me, they feel like they can get back there again. So it's just a matter of what will Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton bring to the table. And, fellas, we should quickly mention, besides the money, what was the rationale for Giannis staying in Milwaukee? Well, he certainly feels indebted. He grew up in Greece but as Woj explains, now he's a Milwaukee man. This was a decision he had to think long and hard about and ultimately got back to the fact that I think ultimately for him, he feels like he grew up in Milwaukee and he has a great affinity, a love for that organization and believes that he can win there. And I think and, and win in an organization that in a community he feels very strongly about the idea of going elsewhere and being part of a super team ultimately didn't appeal to him much as it did continuing to try to win in Milwaukee. How does this tie into James Harden? Give me, let me give you one quick stat, fellas, and then, Key, I got a question for you because I know Jay could watch two guys hoop in a driveway and break it down. He'll watch anybody play basketball <laughs> and love it. So I want to ask you one question, Key, from a fan perspective. But first on Harden, remember a couple of weeks ago, James Harden turned down an opportunity to be the NBA's first $50 million a year player. With this contract, Key, I know, fellas, right? Born at the wrong time. Great athletic skill, but born in the wrong era. 
for my I'm two happy, partners. though. I'm, I'm good. No, I think you did all right. I would say, Keith, you don't need my recommendation, but I think you did all right. Think about this, though. Giannis would cross the $50 million mark in this new deal. He would cross the $50 million mark in 2025-2026 when he's 30. Harden could have done it like three weeks ago. So just think about how much money Harden was turning down mm. in light of this new deal. Keith, here's my point. And I love Giannis, ethnic, diverse, super likable, super talented, rangy, unicorn-like. But Key, he's 25. He's won back-to-back MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, a leader on one of the NBA's best teams. But he just doesn't. Does this sound crazy, Key? He's not like LeBron. He doesn't get me to the TV. If Giannis is on TNT Tuesday or Thursday, ESPN Mm. Wednesday or Friday, I'm in for LeBron. I'm in for Harden. I'm in for Durant. I'm in for the return of Steph. I love, I love Giannis. This is not a personal indictment, Key. He does not get me to the television. You're a two-time MVP in the prime of your career. You're a global superstar. I still can't get there. Well, you, you can't get there. One of the reasons you can't get there is because, number one, he's a big. And when you become a big and you're not fun like a Shaq or something like that, it's hard. All those guys that you named are three, you know, outside Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can play anywhere on the floor, obviously. But all those guys you named are, are threes, twos, and ones. They're not, they're not a four or five, really, for the most part. And when you look at bigs outside of Shaq, Shaq can get you to the TV set because he's fun. He's likable. He, he's a guy that was in L.A. He was in Orlando with Penny Hardaway. So it was kind of like some, you know, it was a commercial appeal to it. Again, I hate to say it, it's Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you're in a small market, it's very difficult for people to gravitate towards small markets with big-time players that are not small guys. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Fair enough. We're asking this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, Quickly switching over to the NFL. Who needs the number one seed more in the NFC? The Saints, mm. who had it for a really long time and saw their nine-game winning streak just come to an end, or the ascendant new number one in the NFC? The Packers. Saints, Packers. Who needs the number one seed more? And remember, no fans, but do you want to go to Chile, Green Bay, or Orchard Park? Keep that in mind if you're talking AFC, <laughs> NFC. Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official college football is back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. On the way, the Giants are trying to win the division after a miserable start, but their head coach is noncommittal on maybe the most important decision of their week. We'll get to that. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A giant decision for Joe Judge and company. That's what we're on. It's NFL conversation. It's underway it's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our NFL insider, Dan Graziano, will be here in just under an hour with all of the juicy tidbits you need to know. Again, NFL back tomorrow on a Thursday. Two games on Saturday, full slate Sunday. And then, of course, we'll roll on with Monday Night Football as well. And, uh, Key, let me just Yo, what up? state the deal here for Joe Judge. They're coming off that loss to the Arizona Cardinals. And in that game, Daniel Jones played with a right hamstring injury. He was sacked five times, six times, in fact. They didn't have one designed run for him. And as you guys know, Jones is a guy that's mobile, can get out of the pockets. And when you don't have a designed run for him, you can obviously tell what the coaching staff was thinking about the severity of that right hamstring injury. Last week, it's notable, he was a limited participant in practice one week ago. So on a Wednesday, prepping for the game, he was limited on Thursday Fully practice Friday. Fast forward to today. They got the Browns on Sunday night football. Joe Judge noncommittal, not even sure if Jones is going to be out there on the practice field today. They said they had the utmost confidence in Colt McCoy. Even if Jones can play, a small package of plays would be in there yep. for McCoy. Does it concern you that they went full blast last week? He didn't regret the decision, and now it's this Wednesday, and he's not sure what's going on. No, you know, it, here's what happens in those situations, uh, fellas, is – when you're coaching, you going and preparing for the week like they did a week ago prior to taking on Arizona Cardinals is they sat back and they said, can he go? How is he? Oh, he's healthy enough to go. They watched him through the course of practice. They watched him in warm-ups before the game, and everything looked great. But what happens is you can't assess uh, practice in pregame when live bullets go to flying. When Once the live bullets go to flying, it's a totally different situation. After watching the film, they probably went back and met as a staff and said, you know what, we would have been better off with Colt McCoy who beat the Seattle Seahawks on the road and it gave us the best chance to win. We made a decision based on thinking that Daniel Jones was going to be Daniel from practice. Now when you look at it this week, the decision this week is being made off of what they saw last week and his progress throughout the course of the week while he's practicing. And they most likely – are going to go with Colt McCoy because Colt McCoy gives them the best chance to win when both of those guys are healthy. It's not an indictment against Daniel Jones. It has more to do with the injury than it does anything. No, Key, I'm with you. To start Colt McCoy. Like As a Giants fan, I want Colt McCoy to start until Daniel Jones is fully healthy. Look, he didn't run the ball once. It's the first time in 25 NFL games that we did not see Daniel Jones run for yards right outside the pocket and he was sacked six times the second highest total of his career key the first total is eight and that's against Arizona Cardinals as well right so my thing is I watched a human pinata I watched a stationary target I watched somebody that was a sitting duck could not move out of the pocket and it gets you a little bit concerned just because Joe Judge said before the game that look we want Daniel Jones as long as he's able to protect himself 
then we feel like we're not putting him in danger's way. Well, Daniel Jones wasn't able to protect himself. So if Colt McCoy gives you the best opportunity against this Browns team, which is going to be a battle, especially with guys like Miles Garrett coming at you, I'd rather have Colt McCoy in there and let's see if we can win that game and protect Daniel Jones long-term from himself as well so he doesn't worsen this injury and put the Giants in a worse position moving forward. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Giants find themselves now in a very precarious situation. I know Key is probably going to be uh, telling me about this until the end of time because when I had the audacity to tell a guy that won a Super Bowl, you know, uh, the guy that sat there and watched Key play in the Super Bowl, <laughs> I told Key that at 0-5 and 1-7, there's no way the Giants can make the playoffs. And I thought I was pretty reasonable in that assumption. And then the Giants sort of had the inside track here, but suddenly it's turned on its head with the Washington football team having now won four in a row. They have a better-than-average chance to win the NFC East. Do you feel, Key, that if they can't get this game against the Browns, which obviously is important for Cleveland, too, sitting in the top wild card spot in the AFC looking for that elusive 10th victory first double digit win season for them since 07 if the Giants drop this one how confident are you feeling about the playoffs we know only the division winners getting in well it's going to be Washington and and I hate to disappoint the Giant fans and I gave them hope at one and seven there's no question about it but Washington is playing pretty good football uh Alex Smith gave them new life and then you you asked about the opponent that they're going to be facing the Giants and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's a better football team. Let's just be honest with ourselves. They, Whether it's Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, or whoever, Cleveland's a better football team. Even though their defense is not as strong, they're a better football team. I mean, they just it, – it, they, be, they got the better quarterback. They got the better receivers, the better running game. I mean, they're just a better football team. And when you look at the way that they played against the Baltimore Ravens, they showed me that they could come from double-digit deficit from behind and make it a football game. So, you know, it, it was a nice run for the Giants. It was cute. It, it looked good. It gave some sort of enthusiasm. But I, I hate to be the guy that, that do this to you, but it, it, it's, it's over with. You don't have to call it cute, Key. You don't have to call it the same thing you call the Arizona Cardinals. At least, look, the Giants' defense showed a lot of improvement. Wayne, uh, Gall- they, Gallman has played well. Daniel Jones has job. stepped up, has played well. They've done a really good job. But, I mean, look look at Murderer's Row, Zubin. Look at the last three games, I mean, with the exception of the Cowboys. But the Browns and the Ravens, right? Yes. And they're one game behind one game behind the Washington football team, whereas the Washington football team plays Seattle. They play the Panthers. They play the Eagles. We'll see how Jalen Hurts handles that. But I agree with Key. Washington's winning the NFC East, and Chase Young has been an absolute beast. Look, look, if you look. have not watched Chase Young play, you are doing yourself a disservice this year. Look, you, 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 you look. Here, here's what I would say. Okay, when you when you start to break down both teams, the quarterback, the quarterback in Washington is better than the quarterback the Giants have. He's been to playoff Agreed. games. He's been all of those sort of things. Ron Rivera's been a, a head coach in a Super Bowl. So it's kind of it, – it was good. There's no question about it, Zubin. It was good. It was great for them. It was great. We'll have week 15 of the NFL starting tomorrow. Chargers, Raiders, once again, two games on Saturday, one involving the Bills, one involving the Packers. So a couple Super Bowl contenders, a dozen games Sunday, Steelers and the Bengals Monday night on ESPN. Can't wait. Football, 
Saturday, Sunday, Monday in the NFL. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, Giannis appears to seal the deal and sign his signature on staying in Milwaukee for the next half decade. But that's not exactly the case. We'll explain next when we head to Milwaukee. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That's what Giannis wanted. Get me some pieces. Make me want to stay. And for the moment, that indeed is exactly the case. Once again, to the tune of the highest total value contract in the history of the National Mm. Basketball Association, which will hit 75 years old when the season kicks off on Tuesday. Let's go to Milwaukee. Jen Latta, the host on ESPN Milwaukee, the co-host of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. So she's getting ready for her show on 94.5 ESPN not too long from now. Jen, first things first, you follow this 24-7, 365. This is your city, your team, your initial reaction to this deal getting done, beating the Monday deadline, and making NBA history in the process. Well, as you would expect, guys, a collective sigh of relief from the Bucks fan base. Um, you know, players don't get to decide where they're drafted. Obviously, Giannis drafted 15th overall back in 2013. But players get to decide where they go in free agency and when something like this comes up. So, you know, it was great to have Giannis drafted here, developed here. You know, he has talked a lot about the loyalty and the relationship he has with the Bucks brass, who believed in him as a scrawny kid, you know, teenager out of Greece. And now he is a full-grown man. Giannis has leveled up. It feels like the Bucks roster has leveled up. And Milwaukee Bucks fans are excited about what this means for the future. Jen, how important was it for the city to see Giannis re-sign back in Milwaukee? Really important, guys. You know, it goes back to that old adage of a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So there's always been this talk about small markets and having a tough time retaining or bringing in free agents, right? And some of that for Milwaukee was self-inflicted. It wasn't that long ago, guys, that the Milwaukee Bucks were practicing at a church, I'm serious. They were practicing at a church down by the lakefront, not even in the city of Milwaukee. It was like in a suburb of Milwaukee, right? And then it wasn't that long ago that the Bucks facility was a hockey facility in the Bradley Center, right? Which was, you know, they would reconfigure and change over to be an NBA facility, but it wasn't made for basketball. It certainly wasn't made for NBA. So those are the type of things that players would come to the city and look at and go, nah, man, I'm good. I'm going to go somewhere else where, yeah, the weather's warmer and maybe I might not have to pay taxes, but also 
they care about their basketball team. Now Milwaukee has the Fiserv Forum, which is one of the most state-of-the-art facilities in the country. Their practice facility is right across the street. Convenience matters for NBA players. And they have a Deer District, which is restaurants, bars, steakhouses, all of that, right around the Pfizer Forum. So it shows that the city has invested in the NBA team and it makes it so that free agents look around and go, okay, this is a priority here. I'll be a priority here. It makes it more appealing to be there. And of course, Giannis, this linchpin now that says, this is a team that could contend for a championship. I'm a ring chaser. I want to go to Milwaukee as well. Jen, how confident are you that Giannis will be there for the extent of his contract? You know, Jay, I think it all depends on what the uh, brass continue to do to put pieces around Giannis. And I think it really matters. You know, there should be a really big spotlight right now on Mike Budenholzer. We know that Mike Budenholzer and the Milwaukee Bucks brass had a meeting after this postseason. Obviously, the Bucks bounced earlier than they would have liked. And some of that was on Bud saying you have to evolve. You have to change and adapt and recalibrate how you coach this team, how you handle your bench in the postseason. You know, there were so many conversations about the minutes that the starters were playing and Bud leaning on his bench so much when the rest of the league was shortening their bench. So a lot of that's going to be on him. And I think that he, as much as he has now, you know, the best player in the NBA, two-time MVP and defensive player of the year on his roster – he has to make sure he's utilizing him and the pieces around him correctly to get the most out of him. So the attention really turns to how Bud handles this roster and how he evolves as a head coach. When you look at it... And Jen, you- can we go one level a little bit deeper here for one second, just because I was curious to ask you about this one. The scouting report is out on Giannis, right? You, you, Miami talked about building a wall. We've seen teams do this in the playoffs, going another level deeper on Bud, how come you haven't seen those changes in his offensive scheme late in the playoffs like you expected to see this year? Yeah, because I think coaches are stubborn. I think a lot of coaches say, this is what has worked for me, this is what has worked for us. And the proof was in the pudding for the Bucks last year, Jay, because they were the best team in the regular season. So you start looking around going, well, if what I've been doing is working, why would I change what I've been doing? So you almost needed that report. You needed to have that data point of, once again, not being able to hang with the Miami Heat in the postseason to say, okay, now, bud, it's not working. So what have you done this offseason? And, look, it's going to take a little while for this roster to gel. you got all these new pieces in there. Obviously, Drew Holiday, the biggest one in there. But it's going to take a little bit for those guys to figure out their roles, to figure out how they're best utilized and most efficient on the floor together. So I would tell Bucks fans right now to be a little bit patient with that because just like every other team out there it's a short preseason right you didn't have all of the time to build up to the season starting so they're going to be doing a lot of that work on the fly early this year when you think about it the bucks obviously move bledsoe they bring in drew holiday chris middleton is there can the bucks contend in the east when you move from boston all the way down to miami and in between you got the Brooklyn Nets, as well as a retool Philadelphia 76er team, can they contend? Absolutely. And I know that they believe that they can contend. And more importantly, guys, Giannis must believe that they can contend because he's not re-signing with them. He's not signing that Supermax deal. Even though we know Giannis is, you know, hilariously cheap. You know, you've got the memes and the videos and the images out there of him with the, with the cooler that says free water and him taking the free water. You know what I mean? Like, there's stories of him not flying first class and all of these things. You know, that comes from obviously his upbringing and not having a lot growing up. 
But at the end of the day, he wouldn't have signed that Supermax if he didn't believe they were putting the pieces together for him to contend. Because bottom line, guys, all of that money, yeah, it's great. And we look at it like Monopoly money, Scrooge McDuck money, you know, <laughs> diving through the gold coins back in the cartoon. But he wants to win. And he must believe that he can do so or he wouldn't have put pen to paper. Let's switch to the uh, football side of things, switching to the Green Bay Packers. And I've been there. I've played there when it's freezing cold and it was not pretty. How important is it for Green Bay to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they find if want to find themselves playing in Tampa for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think it's important, guys, but more so for that first-round bye. I think the guys would rather have the week off than worry about bringing people to Lambeau Field. I know you always think about the cold weather being an advantage, but there's no fans in the stands at Lambeau. So, Key, you've played there. You know how rowdy that place can get and with the vibe it has. I always try to tell people it's the most like an SEC football game in the NFL. And I've been all around the league covering the Bears and the Packers, so I've seen you know the vibe at stadiums, and there is something different about Lambeau. But you don't have the fans in the stands to bring that juice. And players have told me it's been tough this season to bring your own juice, right? And you're relying on your rah-rah guys. And that's a tough job. I know that sounds silly to say, but when you rely on that energy from the crowd to really elevate your performance, to get you hyped for a game, it can be tough to self-motivate sometimes. So I do think that there's incentive to have those warm weather teams, maybe the New Orleans Saints, maybe the Rams from out west, come to Lambeau Field. But these guys are more focused on getting that bye so they can be as healthy as possible for a deep postseason run. I would trade the bye to them if I didn't have to go there to play. <laughs> that's, for, <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, that's your L.A. showing. Your L.A. is showing right now, Keyshawn. How long have you been in New York? Uh, it's still it's different, though. It's a different weather in Green Bay than it is in New York. And for, I'll agree with you on that. Storm, so we're about to see Key in live action. <laughs> and for those of you listening in the tri-state area, Key, just wait for the next 24 hours. If you thought it was bad right now, just wait till you see what's going to be like this time exactly. tomorrow. So we had some great conversation there with Jen from a two-time MVP to a guy that's looking for another MVP. That would be going from Giannis to Aaron Rodgers with the pack ready to go on Saturday night football this week. And, of course, you can hear Jen and company this Wednesday morning on ESPN Milwaukee. Jen, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Jen. Thanks, Jen. You know, I thought she raised a really good point, fellas, which is to say that Green Bay is the smallest market in American professional major sports in this country. I mean, Canada's Canada with hockey and the NHL, but and the Toronto Raptors, of course, who are now coming stateside, as we know. But the Packers are the smallest market in American professional sports, so it seems to reason, if you want to tie them together with like a small SEC town with a rabid sort of feel, where the stadium is in a residential part of the neighborhood, <laughs> as you know, Key, if you've ever been in Green Bay, I thought that was a really apt comparison she made and you're right it may not be home field advantage with fans but weather is weather man and whether or not cold weather teams have an advantage it's a very fair question i want no parts of it at all <laughs> I, I, I it's it look i played there when it was minus eight okay so imagine we didn't even go out for mm. pre-game warm-ups we stayed in the locker room i went out and warmed up with sean king for like three minutes sean was like Hey, dog, we got to go back in. I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> Sean, your old quarterback there in Tampa, and we should mention Key knows this. For decades and decades, there was an old stat. It's since been broken, but it bears worth remembering. There was an old stat, Key, I'm sure you remember, that the Bucks used to be over when it was 40 degrees 
or lower. And certainly January in Lambeau, it's going to be 40 yes. or lower for sure. It is not fun, Jay. <laughs> we'll take your word for I, it. I don't want nothing to do with that cold key. That's why Jay played hoops. Indoors, baby. Let's go from A to exactly. Z. <laughs> and from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Tenant, starring John David Washington, son of Denzel, and Robert Pattinson. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. So a day after his son, Stephen doubled down and essentially said, look, Mike McCarthy is going to be our coach. Jerry Jones essentially doubling down and saying, look, Mike McCarthy is going to be our coach. He said it on his weekly radio appearance on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. You know the deal. Every owner in the league has their own radio show, right? Well, here's the deal. Mike Greenberg, our greenie, has his own radio show. This ain't a Stephen Jones problem. This ain't a Jerry Jones problem. This ain't a Mike McCarthy problem. This is an Ezekiel Elliott problem? You know what problem Dallas has? Dallas has a Zeke Elliott problem. Zeke Elliott has been awful. And you can say it's the offensive line. And you can say it's the play calling, and you can say it's losing the quarterback, and all those things are legit. But when the chips are down, aren't your your best players, your most valuable players, the one you flew down to Cabo to bring up and give all this money to, your highest paid players, aren't they supposed to be the ones who carry you from the abyss? That's a whole lot of money. And another cautionary tale. You pay the running back at your own peril. And in this case, I think it has worked out very, very badly. Now, as they need, in my opinion, to hit the total plunger, hit the reset button. One of the things they got to figure out a way to do is get out from under their running back's contract. Well, Key, this is par for the course. What? Emmett held out. He paid him more than 25 years ago. He needed him. And when Zeke held out, eventually Jerry paid him, too. I get what Greeny's saying. But this is standard operating procedure for Jerry Jones. Pay your big superstars. Well, it is. And, and when you think about it, I understand what Greedy is saying. But at the end, Greedy has to understand when they paid Emmitt Smith, Nate Newton didn't get hurt. Larry Allen did get hurt. Eric Williams didn't get hurt. So uh, Troy Aikman did not get hurt. And in these situations with Zeke Elliott, their team has – they can't even really field an offensive line. Like, I don't even know who their offensive linemen are. Like, who are they? Who are these guys? They're just bodies that's out there, and Zeke can't get going. I think when you look at it, the quarterback's gone, the offensive linemen are banged up. It's 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 a mess. One thing he did say is they need to hit the reset button. I think they need to retool the offensive line and figure out how to get that group going before they address the Ezekiel Elliott situation. I'm with you, Key. I think you, you recalibrate the offensive line, you recalibrate the defense, but let's be real, not having your quarterback, man. This year, a lot of guys are going to get passes. Mike McCarthy's going to get a pass. We're also dealing with COVID, by the way, in the midst of a pandemic. I know they're in a horrible NFC East, but th- this whole dumpster fire that people keep trying to do in the Cowboys, we know who the Cowboys are this year. Get ready for the hype train next year when we go into the it, it, 2021 it, and season. And I'll dive right back in really quick. I know you said dumpster fire and, and, and we're in the NFC East. And people out there would say, well, the Washington football team certainly knows how to win. The Giants certainly know how to win. Washington got a defense. Let's not forget. And Washington has a hell of a quarterback in Alex Smith. And, Key, just to double down on what you said, and Greeny certainly has the right to his opinion, and that's the beauty of Sports Talk Radio. We always want to hear from you on the phone lines on our Twitter feed. I would say if you would list the Cowboys' problems in order, one would be Dak. Two would be the lack of a defense, as Jay mentioned. And three, way down from those two, in my opinion, would be Ezekiel Elliott. When you don't have a quarterback and a historically bad defense, I mean, who really cares about Ezekiel Elliott? They got much bigger problems than that. The College Football Playoff Committee selection 
has a bit of a problem, too. They're in a pickle. They need to explain something. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, no big deal. Texas A&M on the outside looking in. But over the weekend, Florida had an inexplicable loss to LSU. They were more than a 23-and-a-half point favorite, just about 23-and-a-half. LSU has had the worst season for any national champion, reigning national champion, on record. They lose that game, yet they only fall one spot from 6-7 to in the eyes of the committee. The committee chairman, Gary Barda, on that strange rationale that had Twitter buzzing last night. Georgia was moving up, Florida was moving down, and they collided. And what I mean by that is one of the one of the things that the committee talks about is head-to-head competition. So Florida did have the bad loss. They did beat Georgia. So then you have the conversation, where do Florida and Georgia fit, and does Florida stay ahead of Georgia? And when it came down to it, the committee looked at all the resumes. Florida stayed at seven and Georgia at eight because of what I just described. Florida beat Georgia. But the committee felt uh, strongly after a lot of conversation that in in the committee's opinion, Florida and Georgia are still a better team than Cincinnati. So, Jay, I heard you while Gary was saying, I'm guessing some of members of our audience did as well. You said, what? What? So what do you think? How the hell hell does that make sense, Zubin? Just because they beat them in a head. They lost to LSU. Florida lost to LSU when they were a 20-point favorite. Georgia's only losses were to Alabama and Florida, and Florida was ranked top 20 at the top. I, I, don't, I don't understand the rationale of this. And also, let me take it one step further, and I know you've been on their hype train, but like, I, I don't understand how Iowa State is in this position at 8-2. and two. How are they ranked above Georgia and Florida and Texas A&M when they have a loss at the beginning of the year to Louisiana? To Louisiana! Like, I, I, I just, and I'm not saying that Iowa State isn't a good team. They are a good team, but I don't understand how the college football playoff committee is evaluating these teams. And it seems like there's a lot of backdooring. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. I can't figure out the reasoning behind it. Maybe, maybe Keyshawn can help me with this. How can Iowa State be a, a ahead of those teams? And actually, I don't even say how you can have Florida still ahead of Georgia in this situation. I, I don't. I have no idea why you just mentioned my name to bring me in on this mess. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> It's a waste of time. You got a bunch of lazy people in that room. They're just why, – why, here, why don't you just make it the SEC championship and leave four teams in – four teams from the SEC. Why don't you just do that? Just put four teams in from the SEC because that's what you want to do anyway. I mean, it's – it's. Um, I don't even know. Like, seriously, like Iowa State is 8-2. and two. You really think – as they would say on any given Saturday, <laughs> that Iowa State can beat Florida, even though Florida lost to LSU, a bad team, and was favored by 20-plus points, 23-plus points, not a chance. You think Iowa State can beat Texas A&M? Not a chance. Key, let's not bury the key lead here. The not a Trojans chance. are at 13th. They move up from 15th I, I'm to 13th. Not, I, I don't want to get caught up in USC again today. Okay. Because R.A.D., <laughs> R.A.D., I can't even – he might as well go back to Ohio and go – because it sounds like to me he, he wants Ohio State to go to the championship and win it. Go ahead and all your little Ohio buddies you play golf with, call them and talk to them and deal with them. I'm, I'm just like, it doesn't even make any sense. It makes no sense. Did you get the email yet, Key? Did you get the email yet from him yet, Key? I, I, I'll share with you during the break emails and text messages. I did get it. It was not oh. from the AD. It was from prominent people 
at the university. Just saying. Uh-oh. So once again, Uh-oh. the final rankings will be released Sunday at noon Eastern on ESPN. And we should mention from a brand Louisiana. name perspective. Man, please. <laughs> I just want to mention in defense of Louisiana, I know many casual fans are not watching. They are in the top 20 of the playoff rankings. They're 9-1. They're only lost to Coastal Carolina, who I know isn't a world beater, but the committee does have them ranked 12th. Iowa yeah. State did beat Oklahoma. Don't be in the Sun Belt Championship, Zubin. Don't be in the Sun Belt Championship. Listen to yourself, Zubin. Zubin. Listen to yourself. Seriously, really? Zubin. What are they smoking? Seriously. Like, seriously, though. They're not. I thought part of this whole thing, and I know 2020 is different. I get it. Oh, changes. We, we got to look at things different. It's 2020. COVID screwed a lot up. I understand that. But part of the football committee's uh, decision-making was winning your conference. That was part of it. Now all that's just gone out the window. It's just gone. Fair enough, but Iowa State could win their conference on Saturday, so they'll have that in their corner if they can get it. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. LeBron for MVP this season? Key says nope. Why? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.